Hey, Living Water subscriber. My name is Rich Rudowski. I'm one of the hosts of Lutheran Bible Translators podcast, Essentially Translatable. And uh, while Living Water is on a hiatus uh, as we work through some production issues and uh, get ready to get back to the text, we wanted to share with you today um, part of the origin story of Living Water. This is an episode from Lutheran Bible Translators podcast that uh, featured an interview with Peter Prochnow, who is the pianist that you hear in all of the recordings of the Living Water content. He's also the producer of the Living Water Project and one of the uh, originators of the idea. So I sat down with him and Dr. Mike Rodewald sometime back before the Living Water Project released, and we talked about it coming up and uh, where it came from. So we thought you might enjoy hearing the origin story of Living Water and uh, all this content that you've been enjoying. So thanks a lot for listening. You can find the episodes or further episodes of Essentially Translatable at lbt.org slash podcast or on any podcast platform. I can recall hearing scripture differently. Like, I don't remember those words in pretty common verses here, and I felt like I was experiencing it differently. Welcome to the Essentially Translatable Podcast, brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Rich Rudowski. And I'm Emily Wilson. Emily, have you ever tried to do something that's never been done before? Only at Lutheran Bible Translators. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's difficult. And today's episode, we're going to talk about a concept uh, called living water. Mm -hmm. And it's an attempt to do something that's maybe been done in part, but never been done before in full, and that's the recording of the whole New Testament, every verse, every chapter of the whole New Testament in the English language using the English Standard Version Bible, recording it and setting it to music. And it's an interesting thing because we've had the opportunity when we're out meeting with people mm -hmm. to talk with them about this concept and, and what, what happens <laughs> inevitably. I think that one of my favorite reactions was like, scripture set to yankee doodle dandy like yeah. it was like well what does this actually mean right what we visualize with music is it has to rhyme it has to be you know a stanza versus a like you know yeah. a chorus Gotta like a hook and a refrain right yeah. yeah and the idea of having scripture to music this is something new, and so it's a little bit of this unknown, uncomfortable. I think one of my most, like, aside from the Yankee Doodle reaction, was kind of sounds dumb. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I was thinking of that one too when we were we were at uh, one of the seminaries with a group of students, and uh, after we talked about it, and then we played a sample, and then one of the guys raises his hand and says, "Okay, when you were talking about it, it sounded really stupid to me, but it's really good." Yes. And yeah, and that okay, so that might be like okay. Well, guys, get maybe you need to like reevaluate your your verbiage, which we have been. We sure. like, how can we actually convey how powerful this is? Yeah. And most of the time, it's like, no, 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 just let it speak for itself and read it together. Yeah, you that's know? why we've kind of landed on the marketing verbiage for it is living water experience scripture, and that's born out of our mm -hmm. our own experience and trying to describe what this is and you know say <laughs> yeah. what's this and it you know it touches your soul and all those other things. But ultimately, we're like. Just, just experience it, yeah. 
And so in today's episode, I sat down with Peter Prochnow, who is serving as producer for the Living Water Project, and with Mike Rodewald, our executive director. And we talked about where this idea came from and some of the behind-the-scenes aspects of the Living Water Project. And uh, we'll then we'll play uh, later on a sample of it as well. So we're asking you to, we're assuming you're going to have some of the same experience that we've had. And so we're asking you to give it a listen, but also to wait to experience that small piece yourself. And then after you've experienced it, we'll tell you how to find more. So uh, again, Peter Prochnow serves in music ministry at St. Luke Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida, and uh, he and Dr. Mike and I had a great conversation, we we're looking forward to sharing with you. We are here today with LBT Executive Director, Dr. Mike Rodewald, and Peter Prochnow, who is working with us as a producer on the Living Water Project. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, and welcome, gentlemen, both of you to the podcast. Thank you. Glad Pleasure to be here. to be here, Rich. Peter, let's have our audience get to know you a little bit, your story, your background, what you're interested mm-hmm. in, how you got involved in church work. Yeah, I grew up in the church. My parents, Ron Prochnow, Gene Prochnow, um, were both teachers. My dad was a church musician for both of them over 40 years. My grandfather, Ernst Prochnow, as well in Trinity Bloomington, LCMS Trinity Bloomington in Bloomington, Illinois. My sister's a Lutheran school teacher as well, and so we've been at it for a while, grew up and started wondering why things kind of sound and look the same at worship and especially living in Orlando. And, you know, we would go to church and then in the afternoon we'd go to uh, another event or maybe even Disney World. And it just, the the messengers seem different. Okay. And why couldn't we use those in mm-hmm. worship? Why that's in our community. And, and then kind of, uh, you know, I, I went, I'm a graduate, third generation graduate at Concordia University in Nebraska. Bachelor of Art. So we've been through those experiences and education, but started wondering why, why some of those styles and music and visual things, why can't they be involved in ministry where I'm at? And uh, eventually got asked by David Vorpagel, a member at our church, to uh, go to a task meeting to form a jazz reggae Latin service and be a part of that, wow. which was, yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> I was very reluctant at first and uh, just didn't think that I wanted to be a part of that, but God had a better plan. And uh, we ended up uh, starting that in 1992 mm-hmm. and it was very successful, mainly because downtown Orlando, Florida, we had a lot of those sounds. We had those jazz clubs and and uh, all that kind of music. So I was born in the LCMS, I guess you could say, and, and kind of grew up in that and always have been in that setting, but that's kind of how I started into uh, church work. Okay. What are you doing right now besides producing I, this project? Yeah, I direct uh, worship and music uh, and media at St. Luke's LCMS in Oviedo, Florida. It's a suburb of uh, Northeast Orlando, uh, Florida, and been with St. Luke's for coming up on six years. Before that, I was a professor at Concordia University, Nebraska, okay. um, in the worship art department, in the music department. Very good. And so how did you first hear about Lutheran Bible Translators? When I was 11, 12 years old, uh, we sponsored a missionary, Hank uh, Millies. Okay. And that's kind of how I remember hearing about that. And we got a picture. Actually, I remember just showing that to him recently because he's a lot, was a lot younger then. Mm-hmm. And that's how I heard about it. And then, you know, at, at church, we have Lutheran Bible Translator Sundays and, and those kinds of things. Very good. Let's talk a little bit, Mike and Peter, about this idea that we now call Living Water. How did this get started and, and how did we get here? Yeah, I can, I can jump in there just a little bit. 
this is something that Lutheran Bible Translators does overseas. Lutheran Bible Translators, we serve in remote language communities all over the world, bringing God's word in uh, to people through languages that they can understand. Part of that is what forms can carry the word to people and so we have what's called ethnomusicology. It's one of the fields in Bible translation. We have an ethnomusicologist, ethnodoxologist, Rob Veit, that is involved in this. And he does take scripture, puts it to local music, and then people listen to that. It's a great way for local music to be spread, especially in non-literate uh, communities. So I was sitting next to Peter, did not know Peter, and I was telling him about this, did not know he was a, a musician of his caliber. And Peter just really found this quite fascinating. And uh, we talked and we kept talking and we kept talking. And uh, Peter said, why hasn't anybody done this before yeah. in English? And it's like, I don't know why we haven't done this before in English. And Peter, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it seemed like a, a great idea, kind of a film score with God's word. I can tell you in my own personal life, I listen to music a lot when I'm reading scripture, especially if it's in the morning, early or late at night. And it just seemed like a good idea. And then, you know, I always wondered why it's hard to get God's word to other cultures and kind of assumed it was because of electricity. Maybe cultures don't I remember talking with you about that. And that's really not an issue. It's just getting the, the style in that community up uh, with the language. And, and then I started studying more after we talked and realized people are can't read their own language. And I mean, we have that issue in, in North America, too, with quite a few. I, I taught an alternative ed for, for seven, eight years and had a lot of 18, 19, 20, 20 year, 21 year olds that could, couldn't read well or hardly at all. And uh, so it just sparked a lot of excitement and in a new way to experience scripture, experience God's word. And the rest is kind of history as we developed it. Yeah, yeah, I can. So just for our listeners, the way things work around here sometimes, Mike comes back here with big ideas. That's what happens all the time. And then uh, he talks to me and asks me to figure out how it can actually be done <laughs> in a way and, and is there a way to pay for it but so i can remember having a, a meeting with the, the the three of us then in orlando talking about this idea and and just yeah feeling really inspired that uh, i think at that point we'd done a couple of test chapters is that is that right Right, and yeah. for the proof of concept, and it was just kind of an amazing experience to listen. Do you, do you remember that? Talk a little bit about that first go at things. Yeah, the first session, I remember we started with Greg, one of our vocalists, and we started with Matthew chapter one and said, whoa, maybe yeah. not. There's a, there's a lot of names <laughs> in that one. And uh, let's look at that one later, which, by the way, turned out wonderful. Uh, hopefully you'll hear that. Everybody will hear that soon yeah. with two vocalists. But yeah, we tried it and it went really well. The, so we start with Matthew chapter two, and it pretty much on, almost on the first take, and it just felt natural. Now, being fair, I worked with Greg since 1993, I believe. Uh -huh. And so I know uh, in and out, not uh, every single year, and I know some of his improvisation abilities and all those kinds of things and his vocal range. And uh, we're used to doing some of that. So it was exciting more than I thought. And I can recall hearing scripture differently. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't remember those words and pretty common verses here. And I felt like I was, uh, yeah, I was experiencing it differently, almost like a text message from God in, in a way. I don't know. It was, it was really neat. Yeah. Mike, talk a little bit about the, when you heard it the first time, uh, kind of how it landed and how it felt for you. 
the same way that Peter just said. I, all of a sudden, you're experiencing Scripture in a different way. You're hearing the verses in a way that is different than when somebody's just talking or just reading or someplace along the line. And I realized it, it may not be for everybody, but for those people that, that listen to it and concentrate on it and everything else, it's a whole new way of understanding what God's message in Scripture is for us. Yeah, I can remember, too, the thing I had never thought about, but with singing, is that you have the opportunity to add a range of feeling and emotion that you don't necessarily get in the reading or spoken version. And so that Matthew, too, has Herod, and he's furious when he realizes the wise men have tricked him, and the way that the vocalist sang that was just so stunning. And then, you know, he sends people in to kill all these kids. It's kind of, it's not one of the best chapters, you know, but it's, it's how it is. And the deep emotion of the the loss of those children, too, just really stunningly captured by the vocalist. And it's like, okay, I've heard this story a lot of times. This is a familiar story for Christmas epiphany type season, but just hearing it that way for the first time. And that's really kind of one of the goals of the projects is experiencing scripture a different way and in a way hearing things for the first time. So let's talk a little bit about the project. What's the scope? What are we trying to do here with the Living Water Project? The scope, the goals, the hopes, and, and who's working on this thing? Currently, we're recording the New Testament. We're just about finished with the Gospels, and we hope we can do the, the whole Bible. And actually, a big vision would be multiple styles done differently. I uh, mm-hmm. also have an idea on the table, maybe with the lectionary series, and make these recordings available for, for churches, but not just this style. The style we're playing now is more of a film score, mm-hmm. which, you, which you would hear in almost any style of film. If you listen, if you watch films a lot, you'll notice there's almost every film has a string instrument. So we're trying to use kind of what, what we're believing are more universal timbres and sounds and to lift up the, the message in a different way, experiencing it in a different way. Some of it is subjective. I mean, we're making decisions as we play. Uh, there's quite a bit of prep with each of these, but there are times we go in a different direction and what we're hearing and feeling in the music you know, it's carrying that differently. But uh, big, big picture is right now we're, we're working on the New Testament. All right. You know, this on the, the LBT administrative side, there's, it's a bigger project too behind the scenes than maybe we're used to working with talking about some of the folks who are involved. Mike, we had to talk to uh, folks from that to manage the English standard version. So the English standard version is the text for this project and talk maybe just a little bit about that process, Mike. Yeah, when you start a project that's never been done before, which is, that's what this is, you don't know the barriers that are standing in the way. You think, how hard can this be? And then you find out it actually is a a little bit harder than uh, than you thought. So one of the first things to do was to go to ESV copyright, uh, that's Pathway uh, Crossways Publishers, and give it to them and say, do you think that this is okay? And we shared the files that Greg is talking about. And they came back and they said, yes, they, they, they think it can be done. And they gave us permission. We are not charging for it. It's going to be for free distribution. And everything has to be approved by the ESP people because that's the text that we're using for this. So these barriers have been reduced piece by piece. And uh, we continue on with the project. I do want to say that for those listening, the caliber of musician required to do this because it's it's like a performance and also putting the music together at the same time. So the caliber of mu- a musician that it takes to do this, this is not what everybody can do. And it's 
the music is it's just high quality. Plus, the, the recording studios are very high quality down in Orlando, as I understand. Some of those engineers are uh, the same ones that do Disney soundtracks. Right. Uh, so it's it's really top notch stuff. And uh, thanks for Peter. I, just the connections we made. It's a god thing because yeah. this was not going to happen anyway, except all these pieces are are coming together like this. Yeah, yeah. And so this this is a a sung version of the scripture that's not based on the scripture. This is actually singing the English Standard Version text of the Bible. Talk a little bit about yeah, and functionally too. Then somebody can just open your Bible and read along. Or I mean, that's that's uh, another one of the benefits is uh, that I really love. The first time I listened to it again was hearing some of the things and like, wow, does it actually say that? Is that actually in there, or was there artistic license? But there's not. Whatever you're going to hear sung is what's in the text of the Bible, which is pretty powerful. So, Peter, as you're working through the scriptures and, and what are you discovering in the whole process of doing this thing? And maybe do talk a little bit about like, what does it take to get a chapter ready to, to go and what's that the, look like? Sure. The music is kind of prepared in blocks. Uh, I don't prepare from beginning to end a, a song. I'm not doing that. It's like a score. So think of chord progressions and different textures, timbres. And then some um, leeway to change that as the vocalist is singing. So there's some melodic ideas that are introduced. And sometimes the vocalist sings and develops those or might go in a different direction. And so there's, it's kind of an organized spontaneity. That would probably be the best way to say it. There is some improv. The singers have to be very comfortable, very comfortable making mistakes. And uh, we just move through it and, and the overdub come back and change that if a chord went in a different direction. So there's a lot, musically, there's a lot of prep with that. Reading the text a few times, obviously, is very important in what's the context here, what happens at the beginning of this chapter and the end, and because uh, we don't want to cover up the words. And uh, But we use a lot of film scoring techniques. There's <laughs> basically 10 different ones we apply, probably not to go into now, but you hear them in films and to lift out what's being said or sung. Okay. That's really great. So I think what we're going to do here is we're going to go ahead and play one of the chapters. It feels like we're going to have to give people a taste of what we're talking about. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit 
hearing scripture for the first time, when you hear it in this medium, it just it just hits you a different way. And so amazing, the vocals and the, the music that go into the, the text there. Peter, do you have any stories from yourself or others that you work with during this process of, of what this has meant and what happens when you're wrestling with scripture this way and really digging in deep to be able to produce something like this? I know just with my own family, we, we talk about scripture together more or mm-hmm. listen to it together. And I noticed my daughter comments quite a bit about it and actually points out chapters just by listening to them, which I know that means her teacher's doing a really good job yeah. in, in the religion class. But um, we just have more conversation even on the way home. And I was telling Mike about that a month or two ago. And that that didn't happen with us. That's yeah, not that we were trying not to read scripture together, but sure. And it doesn't happen every day, but as we're listening to what we just put in the studio and checking things out, it just gets conversation going. So that's been a really neat experience. Some of this, my, my daughter likes uh, Hamilton, and yeah. I know some of this sounds like that for her, and she can actually sing parts of it. I mean, she knows, she has pretty good memory, will sing along on some of the takes as we listen to them over and over again. Wow. I think that's neat. That's there might be cool. something useful that we could do for, for that age uh, down the road. Yeah. Uh, I know the the singers same very similar. Um, perhaps we're not reading scripture all uh, daily or weekly, and now of course they're they're doing that. They're uh, both more involved in our church. Mm. They sing uh, almost one once a, once a week with one of our vocalists, and maybe once a month. They're out in the community here singing and helping uh, families in need, and a lot of that's come out of this project. It's working together, so that's been a blessing too. What are some challenges that you've had in the project or things that you've learned along the way? Just working with, you know, finding the singers that are comfortable doing this. There are great singers. We've worked with amazing singers and, but it's a very special, unique skill set. I was worried about what, you know, the studio and the engineer, but God put the best right in front of us, including the piano. You'll hear, you've heard on the recording. It's uh, it's all the tools, resources we need just, we're just arrived. (laughs) and timely right when we needed those uh, people in the studio and everything. So, yeah. So as the uh, project continues forward in, in production, looking towards a launch date, what are some of the things that you're excited about? Well, I'm excited for people to hear experience scripture in a new way. We're excited. The, the team that we have, including a uh, singer in the group, take six, uh, the most Grammy winning acapella group in history, even mm-hmm. more than Manhattan transfer pentatonics and all, all the groups like that. Uh, this the singer Christian Dentley, as you'll hear on, on some of the chapters, it's just been really wonderful working with him. Amazing singer. Mm. And uh, we're excited about uh, all the singers we have. We also have a singer, Maggie Gifford, who is, sings with the Voices of Liberty at Epcot Center and doing all kinds of amazing wow. projects. Uh, like I said, sings in church. They all Everybody sings in church pretty, pretty regularly. And Greg Ema is a full-time musician in, in town. If you come down here on vacation, you'll probably hear him playing at it hotels and stuff like that but all involved in our our, so i'm excited about that i'm excited what what other styles can we you know put with god's word and what's going to happen you know with different cultures communities all around the world it's going to be different with different styles of music it might not sound too pleasing to us but i'm sure that's vice versa on some things so sure and uh, so i'm very excited about where god is going to lead this where we're all going together and then getting other people with these talents to do this as well, not just me and other singers, but there are other wonderful musicians and other styles that can, you know, maybe there's a bluegrass version of this. Maybe there's a, 
a jazz version. Maybe there's a hip hop or electronic dance music version of that. So I think all those things are really possible. So Mike, I want to talk a little bit about why Luther Bible Translators is doing this. This is not the type of ministry that our folks are used to us engaging in. So why, why is LBT working on a project like this? That's a great question. It doesn't fit the paradigm of what Lutheran Bible Translators has historically done. As I said before, previously, we serve in language communities that are very remote. Uh, Many don't have writing systems and helping language communities to get the writing systems, to get the orthography together and the translation together so that people can understand God's message to them. But as part of that, we also do what's called scripture engagement. In uh, the United States, there is... I have to say, less and less people engage with scripture, it seems, all the time. I was a missionary for many years. Coming back to the United States, we're not seeing people engage with scripture. They People tend to know a lot about scripture or what they think they know about scripture, but they don't actually engage with scripture itself. And so we can see a problem. Uh, When a a society does not engage with scripture, it's going to change, and there will be problems that are not present. We saw an opportunity with this, besides God's hand moving every one of these little steps along the way, as, as uh, Peter and has said, because I have to admit, none of us are smart enough to do this all by ourselves. Right. Uh, it, it's been a cumulative effort all the way along the line. And just when you think you hit a barrier, that one's removed and you go on to the next step and your next step and the next step. And here we are here today. Yeah. Martin Luther translated the New Testament into common German in 1522. That's 500 years ago. When he translated that New Testament into common German, it changed the world for the German people because they had not been able to access scripture. They had not been able to understand what God's word had for them. And all of a sudden, they could understand, they could hear, they could experience. They knew exactly what God had to say to them, and it changed their world. And so we saw an opportunity for this new way of experiencing scripture. It's never been done before. And when something's never been done before, that's a great challenge because that has the ability to have an impact. And scripture has never been done this way in English as far as we can determine before, just scripture, just scripture, nothing else, but just scripture sung so that you can experience God's word in a different way. How could we engage our own people in our context so that people can experience scripture in a different way. It all seemed to just start coming together, the reasons, the uh, the people, the funding still in progress for this. And we just trust that the Lord's going to provide the funding, that this is all going to get done. And then we plan to release this during the 500th anniversary of the New Testament as a chapter a day, so that people can experience each day what God has to say to them in his word. We made, but we do really do feel it's important for folks to really get a handle on the opportunity to get involved in God's work around the world in Bible translation. It becomes much more of a felt need, I think, when you start to engage with scripture this way. And I think that's also a hoped for outcome. What do we think this means for the church potentially with scripture available in this way, just in the Western church and their engagement with scripture? I could see it being helpful in the in their communities and inter- introducing God's word. You know, the, you can get a Bible at a, at a motel room. Maybe there's a way you can download this when you're on the road or in your community, something to pass on that's more relevant uh, style-wise or um, I'm not sure. That might, that might be uh, something that happens. Uh, same in worship. I mean, you, you could t- take snippets of this and play this, you know, like you would an anthem or depending on what style worship you're in, I could see that being helpful. Maybe not the whole chapter, but uh, whatever, uh, even in the lectionary series or whatever sermon series. 
uh, you're, you're working on. So it can be a lot of other uses. I'm going to equate with what happens overseas when people hear God's word for the first time in a language they fully understand. And, and many times people groups, they may have heard scripture through a language which maybe they learned in school or even English. And so technically they have a, this, this technical understanding of what scripture is. Yeah. And then they hear God's word through their own language, the one that they really get that has no barriers and the joy they see, you get to, I, I've ex- personally experienced that joy on people's faces when they really understood that God had a message for them. Mm-hmm. And I feel the possibility is the same here in the United States. Yeah. Our reviewers, we have quality review that uh, so we make sure we're not making any mistakes in the text and everything. Our reviewers have just been given all kinds of kudos to it is said, we follow along in the ESV. The text comes at us very slow. We can listen to it. We can concentrate it on 100%. We fully experience what it is. And I think that's the same thing that happens overseas is when we hear scripture in a whole new way, we experience it in a different way. And that's what we want to give an opportunity to God's people here in the United States, and even people that haven't experienced scripture at all for themselves, that they they can listen to this and they know what God's message is for them. This is really, really serving like a pilot project. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if it's never been done before, the concept is being proved in this mm-hmm. first time as it's uh, uh, people are experiencing scripture for the first time in a different way. If this is a thing, which I fully think it is, Peter has proved that uh, along the way, that means other people will pick this up and they will do this in different ways and uh, people will engage with scripture in a different way. Right. One of the exciting things is this is not just my understanding of scripture. This is just scripture. This right. is just the scripture that's there and it's just coming to you. I'm not telling you what it means to you. It's just scripture speaking straight to you and straight to right. your heart. Right. Absolutely. And that's quite a privilege to be involved in and really at the heart of what LBT does and our gift really to the church. Again, not because it's about us or this type of ministry, but just we hope it will be a powerful way to give an inside look into the way that we've been blessed by God to be able to participate in communities all over the world, uh, helping people to uh, have access to the scripture and have it speak to them in a new way for the first time. We want all of you to experience that in some way too. And that's what the Living Water Project has the potential to do. So thank you both gentlemen for, first of all, just for the great idea and for, you know, actually pursuing it and seeing where it would go. I mean, that's sometimes one of the biggest parts of the battle is just to say, wow, why that's never been done before. And uh, it's really easy to say, well, there must be a reason why it hasn't been done before, or I'm really busy on other stuff, but to pursue it. Certainly the pandemic last year gave us an, we didn't want it, but it gave us the the window to start it. And so, you know, that's, God's always making small blessings out of things that you don't expect. And it's been a real privilege to see how this has gone. So thank you both for thank uh, you, Rich. that and for being with us today. And uh, we will look forward to that launch and seeing people experience scripture in a new way. I have to say, as, as I think about the conversation we had, the one thing that stuck out the most, and Peter had shared this experience with me before the interview, was that he's riding in his car and he's got mm-hmm. his teenage daughter in there and she's hearing the scripture and she's remembering it and singing it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, of all the things I could be doing in the world right now, if I could put God's word so deeply into the, the hearts of my own children mm-hmm. and that they were singing it and then reflecting on it, that itself is a great gift. Right. That complexity too of the emotion that is evoked, you know, we're 
hearing about the crucifixion of Jesus in that sample. And I've heard that so many times, but it's in a different way. And being able to kind of pinpoint, you know, as we're listening to a song, just like any song, a lot of times like worship songs, you know, depending on the day, there are certain words that'll hit us differently based on the season in our life, what's happening around us. And so much so with scripture, right? Like, and being able to hear that and like, oh, I I never heard that before. I've read it so many times or, you know, I've heard it read so many times, but being able to like zero in a little bit more of like, oh, is that what that actually, oh yeah, Yeah. that's what it says. Yeah. I found myself a few times just opening my Bible again to say, wow, is that Mm -hmm. making sure they sang those words right? Because that was powerful. And that's music just seems to be, you know, I'm not an expert in this area at all, but it's God's gift to engage more of the senses and it makes the words and the ideas go deeper. Mm -hmm. So we're wanting to really help you to dig in deeper, to experience scripture. In 2022, we're hoping to do a daily release of a, a chapter, chapter a day for you to be able to hear God's word, to experience scripture and grow. We want you to be able to share that with your family, your friends, people at your congregation. Really, God's word is meant to be in our hands, in our hearts, in our ears, you know, everything, and to be able to grow together. And what is it that you notice? What is it they noticed? And be able to talk about it and just sharpen one another. Yeah, and thanks to some generous donors, uh, the Living Water Project is got a great start to being funded to engage the musicians and the production costs associated with it. But there is an opportunity for you listening to be involved in a Kickstarter project for Living Water. If you go to lbt.org slash living water, you can take a look at where we are with the project and what books are funded and what is yet to be funded. And you can be part of making something that's never been done before happen. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling God leading you to fund this project in some way or to pray for this project or to get involved, we really encourage you to visit lbt.org slash livingwater to be able to see what's happening in the project, be able to listen to other samples. We only played you a small portion. There are other tracks on there for you to be able to hear different voices. These musicians are incredibly gifted, but being able to have like a, a fuller sample to be able to engage and really like see what is it that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do, to be engaged in his work. So I want to encourage you all, stop at lbt.org slash livingwater. Yeah, and again, we believe, as has happened throughout the history of the world with God's word, when you experience scripture, it's going to lead you to want to give that gift to others as well. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. You can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org slash podcast or subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translator's social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. This episode of Essentially Translatable is produced and edited by Andrew Olson. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson. Podcast artwork designed by Caleb Rodewald. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Rodowski. So long for now.